Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Leftovers Podcast with Derek Kramer. I'm going to say a stupid thing right now. Pudding. Where's my money? Frank R. Curry. I didn't say run through a wall. Do it again? Okay. And Kyle Powell. The Sabres were actually a playoff spot for the entire year. On WGR550.com. Welcome into another episode of the Leftovers Podcast, Derek Kramer and Kyle Pal, and no Frank Arcuri today. Sadly, that's unfortunate. There was no episode Monday. Life happened. Some idiot is back in school, uh, and you know, Did schedules, not realize that. schedules had to readjust. That idiot, by the way, is me. Um, I'm back in school, so taking some classes to you know finish up a degree. Stay in school, kids. Otherwise, you're going to be throwing schedules off from other people. And then other people don't get to enjoy content because you haven't stayed in school. So stay in school, kids. Until you don't have to. And then don't. School sucks. (laughs) Kyle, this is the opposite. Don't stay in school. School sucks. (laughs) 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 All right. So strong start here. We got here going on. But uh, there's a lot that we missed. Because you miss one podcast episode, everything avalanches into the next. Yes, life does not stop. Life does not stop, can't stop, won't stop. And it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It gives you an easy day for content planning. But at the same time, you got to catch up. There is one major story from this past weekend that still is big enough that you could talk about it. There are other little stories that we have to, like, you know, pick at and, you know, see what's happening here. But the biggest one being just, dude, this Andrew Luck thing shockwaves throughout the entire NFL, screwing up many a Super Bowl pick or preseason pick. Good thing we didn't do ours till the start of the season. That is a good point. Yes. That's why you don't do them till the start of the season because injuries happen, everything like that. And next thing you know, and Andrew Luck retires. So, there's a lot of nuance to this argument, this uh, this debate with Andrew Luck, with this with this sudden retirement of one of the best passers in the league. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of directions you can go with this. The first one, just being a strictly football perspective, the Colts are no longer a favorite for their division. They are no longer a trendy Super Bowl pick. And depending on how Brissett plays, they may not finish even third in the division. No, and now the question is, who do you bring in to back up Brissett? They talked They're, with Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. That's a big yikes from me. Also, that would mean that he would pl- have played for three of – no, never mind, just two of the four AFC South teams. I don't know why he thought – I thought he played for Tennessee or Jacksonville there. He strikes you as a Tennessee or Jacksonville kind of guy, though. Because he's bad at quarterbacking. That would be why. But Brock Osweiler is a, a – 
guy that they're reaching out to, you know they're going to sign a veteran backup. Like, nothing against Chad Kelly, even though I have plenty against Chad Kelly. But the Colts are going to want someone with a veteran backup presence so that they're on the roster. Plus, they need somebody with a pulse for the first two weeks anyway. That's right. Lest we forget, Chad Kelly's not around even under these circumstances until at least week three. That's right. I forgot he actually got suspended. The other thing, though, is that the Colts are a strong enough football team that they still could be a playoff contender if Brissett plays at least competently. I don't know if Brissett is that. A lot of people like to think that he is one of the best backups in the league. And I think that he is what he is. He's a decent backup. Um, you could always do a lot worse than Jacoby Brissett, but he's now playing the whole season. This is not a backup anymore. You have to treat him like a starter, and I don't know if he could play 16 full games and be able to help you stay afloat in what is a very competitive middle of the pack of the AFC. Because you're no longer one of the top-tier teams. Because Andrew Luck makes you that. Yeah, you wonder the production of some of their top-tier playmakers. Paris Campbell was a trendy fantasy pick, a dynasty pick, a guy that a lot of people were really liking because of the fact that, hey, he's working the slot and Andrew Luck's going to be chucking the football. You wonder what a guy like T.Y. Hilton's outlook is going to look like this year at receiver leading that team. And you got to believe that they're going to rely heavily on the running backs as well now, too. The running backs are often an afterthought in Indianapolis. And now they're going to be – this changes everything. Marlon like, Mack, Naeem Hines, you name it. Anybody from the backfield is going to have, I would think, a very much increased role given these circumstances in Indy. And one of the biggest things that you look at, my cousin texted me when Luck retired and said, I, know this is, I feel like this is too soon to talk about, but doesn't this help the Bills? And like, yes and no. In theory, yeah, because that was and, one of those teams you would have to... At least they would affect everything in right. the pecking order because... The Colts were seen as a team that would win the division or could win the division, and it made the AFC South a problem child because Houston's a playoff team. Tennessee's mediocre as hell. Jacksonville's a wild card. But Indy was almost a lock as a playoff threat along with the Texans, which means you have to fight now for one spot. Maybe. Maybe. That's right. You would have had to hope for a down year from someone in that division or from the West. Now, not so much. Now Indy's in the rest of the pack with everyone else. I think they have a good enough roster that we cannot dismiss them completely, but this does help the Bills. This does help teams in the AFC. I don't know if the Colts are tankalicious bad like when Manning was out and then they ended up with Luck, but wouldn't it be kind of weird if they go from straight from Manning to Luck and then like another just mini year of suffering to, like what, Trevor Lawrence? Right. It'd be really weird. But... I don't see that happening because the rest of their roster is very strong. Chris Ballard did a great job reassembling the tire fire that was Ryan Gregson's tenure. And that leads me to another point from this Andrew Luck thing. Like, the fans that booed Andrew Luck, I genuinely hope that they were booing the situation, not the player. I doubt it. I'm not in their heads, but they were booing him when he was walking off the field directly at him. They did not boo the team. It was when Luck was nearing the tunnel, those fans near the tunnel recognized, and they hit him with it. That whole situation was very, well, well, very I, I want to talk more in detail about that in a second, but it was like my hope was that the fans were booing the situation of 
we're a Super Bowl contender. No, I get what you're saying. It's damn a, it. But it's a blow to the chest. It's, it's a, a blow to the chest. I'm not going to get too mad about this with the fans. I just, I really hope that it was one thing, not the other. It's not a good look. But the major thing that I always come back to with this is Jeremy White and I we were talking about this on Monday. And the one thing that I referenced to him right away, right before the start of the show, was this happens everywhere. This happens everywhere. I'm not going to get holier than thou with a fan base right now. The most recent example we got from that was in Toronto. We saw fans cheering when Kevin Durant didn't get back up. That's right. This happens everywhere. There is no high horse for anyone to stand on here. There is no way to go about this and say, oh, our fan base is better than yours. You're just trash because you're booing Andrew Luck. Show me a fan base that doesn't have the loudest minority present for a negative situation. It'll be the first time I ever see it. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's So I, I'm not going to get too hard on the fans here. It was a terrible look. I don't like it. But if something like this were to happen in Buffalo, the same damn thing happens. Bill's Mafia is a dedicated fan base. But at the end of the day, football fans are still football fans. Sports fans are still sports fans. The loudest are going to be the minority that look bad. Hell, there was a long time, a decent stretch a couple of years ago, where Bills fans were consistently on dead spin. Not in good ways. Parking lot antics. Toys. Some, yes. <laughs> Exchanges for jerseys for services. If that's the way to put it. Yeah. The loudest are always going to be the minority of a fan base. And it happens everywhere. I want to go ahead and say that. And I want to go ahead and mention that I'm not going to go ahead and disgrace a fan base for this. I mean, you have to look no further than the, the background I come from as a Philadelphia <laughs> sports fan. We've been hearing for 55 plus years about how Philadelphia fans have booed Santa Claus. That's followed that city. You booed Santa? The like, 60s. they booed Santa, though, man. Like, is that something you recover from? Apparently not. <laughs> but, again. But it was generations ago. But, like you said, though, like, it happens everywhere. And that's a notorious one. Colts fans are going to become notorious for booing a man for retiring because his health was not holding up. Saints fans are going to become notorious for bitching so much about a missed call that they created a rule about it. Toronto Raptors fans are going to get known for cheering Kevin Durant getting hurt. Because he got that much closer to a chance at a title. And it's... It always looks bad. It always looks bad. It never looks good. And it happens everywhere. Do not go ahead and think. Bills Mafia, do not go ahead and look down at Colts fans right now for this. Because we've got people that we're not going to be able to shut up about this when something bad happens. That's just naturally how things go. However, Kyle, there is one thing that we can attack a lot more viciously about this Andrew Luck situation. I have an announcement to make. I'm sorry to everyone that loved the segment, but it is officially time to retire. The dummy of the week. Dante, I'm trying to fight these demons, but I'm dummy thick and the clap of my ass keeps alerting them. That's right. We have to retire the dummy of the week, Kyle. I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy about this. 
it's a very sad moment in the leftovers podcast history at least though it goes out in style oh it's going this, out in a bang this what this you're a, about to describe it goes down in history this it's, is a banger like it's you can't ageless. We have to, not only am I retiring it for the start of football season to create more new bits and different bits to go on, like, got to keep it fresh, got to mix it up. The three up, three down is not going to be a thing because baseball season's ending. Like, you know, it's postseason baseball and we're going to be looking at just like the postseason. Right. That's going to be a thing. Like the three up, three down, that's not going to be a thing anymore either uh, for the time being. We mix it up, we create new bits and we throw things out there. Does it work? Does it hit? Does this, as the kids say, slap? I don't know. We have to figure it out. But the dummy of the week is going out in style right in time for the football season. And how is it going in style? Well, man, we had two really good contenders here for this on the Andrew Luck situation. Doug Gottlieb, who got ratioed to holy hell and back. Troy Aikman put him in a body bag. Everyone put him in a body bag. Everyone got a little piece of Doug Gottlieb and put him in a body bag. Full body bag, just for a little speck of Doug Gottlieb. Like, that's how much that was needed. It's going for a lot of money on eBay. <laughs> and Dan Dakich, the other. A host in Indianapolis who just clearly does not like Andrew Luck. How do you not like Andrew Luck as a host in Indianapolis? Just is beyond me. But Gottlieb very lazily attributing Luck's retirement to millennials. That's In a word, lazy. Lazy. Very lazy. And kind of despicable. As someone of that age group, like, we just look at that and just go, what? How the hell does that make sense? Kyle, you've played sports. I've played sports. Coming back from an injury. Coming back from an injury sucks. Balls. It does. We can attest. It sucks. I'm not holding back on this one. Like, coming back from injuries is just one of the worst things that you have to deal with in sports. It's demoralizing because of the fact that you got hurt in the first place. It's demoralizing that you're not back to your full strength or what you were used to. And hell, sometimes it's more demoralizing that you come back from the injury and you're no longer the same player that you were. That sucks so hard. And people like Gottlieb and Daykitch just shut the hell up at this point. At least with Gottlieb, he backtracked a little. On Monday, like he, he was like, okay, you know what? I got to address this. It was not the most fulfilling thing in the world, but he stayed true to his brand, but he at least backtracked a little bit. He was like, okay, yeah, you know what? I, I do love Andrew Luck, everything like that. I just didn't like how the re- retirement looked and blah, 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 blah. I also wonder if it was even his decision to do that, though. It was a business decision. It might have been his decision, but it was a business decision. There was whispers in his ears. There might have been whispers in his ears, or he might have looked at that and went, yeah, you know what, it might be for good business for me to backtrack a little bit. Or like someone suggests, maybe you should backtrack a little bit, and this thing goes, yeah, you're right. Because if there was ever an instance in sports where you got to save a little bit of face, this coming, coming at a guy like that, if his work ethic and his breed, I mean, 
And can we? The guy, for, for heaven's sakes, the guy looked emotionally distraught. The video resurfaced. Do you remember a couple of years ago where he yeah. Andrew like accidentally swore during a post game interview? Yeah, and it looked like the world was going to end. Like, that's the guy <laughs> you're calling a lazy millennial. The guy who the guy a, genuinely cares. The guy who, in a video of a sideline conversation with him and Chuck Pagano, said, "I want to go back in." It was a blowout loss. He goes, "I want to go back in. I don't want to go out like with like this with my tail between my legs." That's the guy you're calling out for being lazy. He was willing to risk his body in a meaningless quarter of a blowout loss because he didn't want to go out like that. The guy who is his list of injuries at this point is longer than my grocery list on a week-to-week basis. I don't know what that says about me, but that says a lot about his body. It's really sad. I mean, you hate to have that list. But, and, it's, but yeah. the problem is at least Gottlieb stopped in his tracks a little bit or at least slowed it down. Daykitch has doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on his takes. And listen, I get it, boomers. You came from a different time. But if you mention to me, or if I hear anything about, oh, yeah, well, my my dad did this. Like, he worked in a steel mill all his life. Or my uncle did this. He worked in, he worked in construction all of his life. Never like, complained a day in his life. And they never complained, work day, and- never complained a day in his life. First off, you lying. Everybody bitches about work. Everybody bitches about work. That is a literal fact of life. Shut up. You probably bitch about your freaking job as a show host. It happens. I might think that a caller was too stupid one day. And oh, guess what? I'm out of work and I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm like, yo, here's what this dumb guy said one time. I'm not insulting fans. I'm just insulting the opinions of some bad calls, by the way. It, it happens. Sorry, guys. Nobody's worse for it. Nobody's worse for it. I'm human. <laughs> the person that works at, at Schwagman's has to bitch about, like, some dick of a customer. Like, it happens. Some salesperson's going to bitch about this one guy was just... This one business was being a hard sell. It was a pain in my ass. Some person at Tim Hortons is going to bitch about the fact that some person was yelling at him in the drive-thru. Some construction worker is going to bitch about how his body's feeling pretty sore today. Or that it is hot as hell outside. So shut up. And you know what? With all that said, too, it just goes to show how far and how advanced today's athlete can be because they've seen what the sport of football has done Dude, to players from players previous generations. Football players probably are bitching about their body exactly. on and a I day-to-day mean, basis. I mean the hardships and the toll it takes on their quality of life. Yes. Andrew Luck, I applaud him. 29 Every years old, going into the prime of his career with the laundry list of injuries that he's had, he could have stuck it out. He could have gone machismo on us and said, look, man, I'm here for my team. They need me out there. Like Jordan Reed with his seven concussions. At some point, you have to know when enough is enough. And at that age, that is the most difficult decision I can ever imagine I would have to make as an athlete. And I applaud him for making it because would you rather have your life and your your entire well-being ahead of you and being able to recover from your injuries off the field, or would you like seven more years in the league and being dead by 50? Because you stuck it out. Furthermore. And that's what a man does. Yeah. And then what happens? Furthermore, you're on a list. You're, injuries, you're on the news. Injuries aside, it's tough to walk away from a game. That you've, you've done been it. Playing. I've done it. It's tough to walk away from a game 
in general. If you've played sports, you know how it feels. Hell, if you were in a band and you suddenly couldn't play the music as well as you could, and you're done, like you got to walk away from it. Or if anything that you're doing is not as fun anymore and you, walk, you have to walk away, or you're not as good as it is you once were and you have to walk away from it. That part sucks as a whole. Injuries too? To be cognizant of what he thinks his body's going to be like, to be cognizant of the fact that you had mentioned that he wants a quality of life after the way that he's played this game. Let's make no mistake about it, people. These people, these players, they do a lot in order to make that money. This isn't just they play a game for money. The work that you put in for this sort of thing is in an unimaginable scale. And it never ends. Never ends. You get some vacation time, but that's it. You get some money for it, yes, but guess what? We're talking about the cream of the crop. That grind never ends for the bottom of the roster, which we're going to see tonight. Those players that will not will not be on an NFL team tomorrow, that grind for them continues. And they might have serious injuries that are going on. DeAndre Wesley, for example, got wave injured from the Buffalo Bills. He's dealing with some injuries. But he doesn't have the financial setting that Andrew Luck has. Isaac Asiata, the uh, offensive lineman that retired in training camp with the Bills. It's the same sort of thing. The grind is ridiculous. And for the guys on the bottom of the roster, it's just that much harder. Right, because your day-to-day well-being as your job is unknown. Yes, it is so unknown. You don't know if you're going to be here on a week-to-week basis. You're relying on what? An injury? Some, 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 some spot on the roster to open up for you to be considered? That is... And you're risking your body just as much as everyone else. Without any guarantee. Without any guarantees. Andrew Luck knew what he had. He was cognizant of it. And he made sure to at least recognize that and be fair to himself. To have to travel to another country to try to rehab something. And then not go well. And then to hear your owner say, oh, this isn't that big of an issue. I think I would have been done right there. So, less less so to Doug Gottlieb, more so to Dan Dakich at this point. Congratulations for retiring. The dummy of the week! Because we cannot, as a collective of human beings, stoop to that bad of a take. It's an honor. Is it? To have such a bad take that, that the segment... <laughs> that you retire is, a segment from a podcast in Buffalo? <laughs> that is resume work. That nobody knows about. <laughs> By the way, thank you all for listening that, that do know about it. We appreciate you with all of our heart. Everything about this Andrew Luck thing, it's like, like I said, there's so many nuances you can go into with this. Like the timing is something else. Vontae Davis became a meme last year when he retired at halftime. It was kind of the same sentiment. But when you're done, you're done. And I do understand that. Am I going to laugh at the timing of it mid-game? Yes. 
But at the end of the day, I'm not going to keep at it because of the fact that he was of the same mindset. He wasn't there. He wasn't all there. And honestly, if you're not all there, you're not going to play well anyway. Let's be real. If you're not all there, get out. There are definitely some differences between Davis and Luck. There um, are, but... The one thing we needed to touch on, too, was how this news got out. Because it was reported while the team was on the field. That was also a confusing factor to the fans I would hedge bets on, which is also why some boos came. The fact that Andrew Luck was on the field, the fact that somewhere within the organization the news was leaked high enough to Adam Schefter, who first broke the report, he's doing his job, he's being subjective, people were getting on him, Why X, Y, Z, where did you get it from? I've he's, said, he's a reporter. I've mentioned this now a couple times. Why aren't we going after the person that leaked this? Exactly, because he's, it was supposed to be done on Luck's term. It was supposed to be on his terms. It was supposed to be the team cooperated with it, and they set everything up. It was supposed to be the day after in the afternoon. It was supposed to be timed, and then you've got this situation. you got the you got the video released of where we think Jacoby Brissett learns the news from Andrew Luck on the sideline, and that face, everything about it was unplanned and unfortunate, and it makes the situation that much – it's a can of worms. It really is. And, again, Schefter's doing his job. That's a scoop. Yeah. When someone leaks that to you – because let's be real about one thing real quick. Andrew Luck did not text a source in the Colts organization and go, hey, is Andrew Luck now. retiring? First off, you got to be Nostradamus for that sort of thing. Second off, that is a hell of a reach if that reach ever is made, and it's not. And three, if he managed to make that sort of thing happen in this ridiculous scenario, if he don't, goes ahead and texts a cold source saying, hey, is Andrew Luck retiring? Adam Schefter should not be reporting NFL news anymore. He should be solving the world's problems. <laughs> you know that this was not Schefter to somebody. This was to him, and he's doing his job because he goes, holy crap. He's looking at one of his 14 phones, and he's just like, what? Okay, this has got to go public. This is the hugest scoop of the season. And you know what? Not only is it leaked to him, but he had to go elsewhere to probably confirm it, too. There was probably multiple people that were involved in this. Yeah. Because that's cause not something you just go off. Because then, Colts- then you got an Ian Rappaport <laughs> situation with Antonio Brown. This needed to be confirmed by multiple people before this came out. And not to mention, like that means that it could have been someone in Luck's camp right. confirming this. This could have been another member of the Colts organization. If I'm another member of the Colts organization, and I've got Schefter texting me saying, hey, one of your guys is saying this. I'm going, oh, uh, what are you talking about, Chief? And I'm keeping it under wraps so that, you know, everything goes about. Because that's also strategy for the moment. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, that's a serious amount of damage control. It's amount of damage control, and that's – you got a loud mouth in your locker room. You hear nothing about leaks from the Buffalo Bills with this regime right now. Everything was coming out about them under Rex Ryan and that circus show. So much so that Jason Lockenfora, a person that Bills Mafia seems to really not think is accurate, well, he had a source with the Rex Ryan regime. He was nailing a lot of those things. And I would even say more so he had some someone in the Doug Whaley's group. Because when it was reported by Lock and Four that that entire scouting staff was going to be released after the draft. And then, day after the draft, Doug Whaley, let go. Scouting staff, let go. You had a loudmouth. You got rid of it. The Colts... Have a loud mouth. I don't believe we know who. Yet. The ridiculous thing is that Jim Ursay is such a loose cannon that it could have been him. 
on some form of confirmation basis. Probably not the guy that leaked it to Schefter if he had the plan of, you know, the team's going to give this announcement. But I say so shady that I can't really even just guarantee any of that. This is all speculation, but the guy who leaked this to Schefter first, he's kind of the biggest jerk in all of this. He's the reason luck gets booed. Those media hotheads say what they say regardless. And the Colts fan base probably looks better. Andrew Luck looks better. He still has a tearful press conference, but, you know, the last part, you know, the fans booing you. Yeah, that hurt. This man had his body hurt. This man had his psyche hurt. And the last thing that you had to do was hurt his feelings. He was mentally worn down, physically worn down. And then you go ahead and throw that in there. One last middle finger to confirm that maybe Andrew Luck is doing the right thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So that guy is that guy. Wow. And again, that's just that's how nuanced this conversation is with Andrew Luck. And we don't really talk too much about the the player Andrew Luck and the career that was and kind of derailed by a guy like Ryan Grigson who drafted a grand total of three offensive linemen in his tenure, none before the third round. Those videos of Andrew Luck getting rocked by a defensive lineman and he goes, hey, good hit, buddy. That happened all too often for a franchise quarterback. <laughs> Whew. But good for Andrew Luck. Personally, I would say it just but you get a lot of ridiculous questions. Like there was one that I know of. Was, Did Andrew Luck do the right thing with his retirement? Yes. Yes. If you're not all in, you're out. Simple. 100%. <laughs> oh, man. That's, well, that was one of the worst polls I've ever seen. Now, I think it's time to move on from this one. I, I, I do. It just, again, there's so many layers to this that you could still talk about for a long time. So who knows what happens from here? And it starts next, I guess, for the Colts with week one with Jacoby Brissett. But then another layer comes in a couple days later. Rob Gronkowski. Tearfully referring to that last year where he was not having fun anymore. It is an ugly trend that is happening. Not enough people are talking about that part because the conversation now is, oh, is Gronkowski going to come back? Because someone asked me, he said, physically, yes, I'm ready, but I'd be capable, but mentally I'm not. See the pattern going on here? Like, and Rob Gronkowski takes a lot more punishment on a snap to snap basis than a quarterback should or does. But to see a man break down describing his final season, describing how his body is feeling, describing the championship season, too. The no descri- yeah, describing the anguish. And here's the big thing about football. Football's not going anywhere. 
some caller on Monday had referenced it to like basically being like modern day gladiator sort of thing. Nobody dies, but when you're done playing, do you truly live? My answer for most of those guys that make a good amount of living and have a, a pretty sustained career in the sport, my answer would be no. Like you're probably not walking capably by 50. I don't even think I can begin to describe or even grasp what happens upstairs at all either. Yeah. There's a lot of nuance to this. And again, it's just it's tough to look at. The problem is, is that football is a high source of entertainment. I'm still someone that enjoys football. I grew up on the sport. I know how brutal it is, but I also know that I still enjoy watching it. Like it's not going anywhere for me. The players do know what the risks are getting into it. That's why I do not have a problem when they walk away from it. I do not have that huge of a problem when a player is holding out for more money to get it while they can. Well, this is part of those trends I briefly wanted to try and talk about was premature retirements, guys knowing when it's time to walk away, and I think they should be applauded for that. And that's that's a prideful decision. It's a sport they've played their entire life. And like we mentioned before, nothing is more difficult than that because that camaraderie you build over the years and the love for the game is just – it's gone. Not to mention pride. And now, yeah, you've got you've got running backs every week, it seems, in the NFL realizing, like, I – my window is now to get my money. My position is one that gets the crap kicked out of it. I mean, look no further than what is happening in Tennessee, too. Mind you, Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon – Le'Veon Bell last year, guys holding out to get what's theirs while they have the opportunity before they're burned out by year five. Tennessee, the news broke that Der- Derrick Henry, they're going to use him like a bell cow and then tell him goodbye after the season. That's the trend for these running backs these days. Mm-hmm. You squeeze every last ounce of football ability that you can on these rookie contracts, and then you throw them the door. Because you draft another one, you do the same thing with them, you never have to shell out money for that position. You get the best years of those players on very controllable salaries, and unless they choose to prolong their career and potentially set out a season of their prime, if they're not prideful enough to do that, you're going to get the best abilities and best years of that player and not be worse for it. And nothing for the mar- nothing compared to the market value of what they are giving you. Exactly. So, again, it's ugly. The news is not pretty on Zeke Elliott, on Melvin Gordon, on Bell last year, as I mentioned. There's plenty of other examples around the league. But they, again, should be applauded because your shelf life in this sport is so short. You'd be stupid not to fight for yourself and put a price tag on yourself that you feel is fair for the production you offer in your most formative years. Look at Todd Gurley. He got mega paid, and now his body's already, like, deteriorating in a sense that Nobody knows if he's going to be the same guy this year. That's how quick it can go. But you know what? You have to capitalize on your best years while you can. Five years, it's a long time to get paid next to nothing. And then knowing that when you hit that market for the first time, what are your suitors going to look like? And it can range depending on how healthy you are. You're going to have a thousand plus carries on your market anyway, on your resume anyway. But like even just like health wise entering into that free no, exactly. agency, like 
you can end up with a couple of cool million dollars or you can end up on a vet minimum contract already because of the fact that you're already beaten down and you come into free agency injured. And the teams go, there's an injury risk there. We don't want to put a lot of money on you. We'll give you this small contract offer. People made a lot of fun of Miami two years ago for trading Jay Ajayi for pennies on a dollar to the Eagles for their championship season. And months later, he's got a torn ACL. He misses the next season, and they're ready to move on with a new backfield of Kalen Ballage and Kenyon Drake. And they don't. nobody even thinks of Jay Ajayi anymore. He was a premier back, got traded for nothing. I think Miami, in a sense, sort of knew what they were doing there. I mean, the team now is They drafted whatever. the man in the fifth round, got a couple years out of him, got a draft pick back that was actually higher than his draft round. That's, that's all you get for JHI? Like, they invested a fifth in time, him. When's the last time he saw the field? Now they have a tandem that they feel a lot more comfortable with, and you know the cycle will continue, but it just goes to show. That's just another example of it. So, yeah, it, like this Andrew Luck thing really does open up a huge can of worms. This fourth preseason game, there's a lot of intrigue with the roster. Players that could be on that bubble, for example, more of that, more of that stuff that we were just referencing. You know, like there's going to be a lot of players that 1,100 players tomorrow will not have a job. That's a really crappy way to put it, isn't it? I saw that tweet and I'm just like, damn. That's true. Nearly 40 guys from every team right now. Damn. Mm-hmm. And some of them will end up with practice squad spots. Um, so really, it just becomes 30 of those guys will not have a job, absolutely, to start the season. Some of those practice squad guys will get cut. And different guys will get signed. Roster players will get cut, and then others will, will be signed. Like There's going to be a rotation at the bottom there. And it all starts with a game like tonight. Jason Kroom is one of these names that a lot of people are referencing saying, this is his chance to make the roster. He hasn't been available all season, all, all training camp, the preseason. And that could cost him. Because you've seen Tommy Sweeney take advantage of his opportunity. Hey, a seventh-round pick, you know, like no investment, mm-hmm. rookie contract kind of thing. Jason Crum, an undrafted guy who took advantage of those sorts of things. Like, But Crum's on the bubble simply because he was injured. Oh, man, everyone gives problems for luck, huh? <laughs> Jason Kroom's so banged up that he can't play in the preseason yet, and now he might not have a job because of it. That's how brutal this is. Talk about quarterback, too. We'll talk about the quarterback, too. Um, but there are players on this bubble, though, that it's going to bring a little bit of intrigue to this game, and the quarterback, too, is one of those things. To say that Tyree Jackson has struggled throughout three games is uh, putting it more accurately than his passing has been. Ooh. I'm not proud of that line. I just know that it has not been good for him. There was a tweet that we referenced a couple of weeks ago about like how Tyree Jackson is what some national media members think Josh Allen is. The game is way too fast for Jackson right now. And a lot of the cries for him to go back to school and stay in school have kind of almost been validated. 
We're going to see a lot of Jackson in this game. What happens? No idea. I don't suspect, though, it's going to be too good. No, I think there's still an outside shot, though, he maybe gets a chance. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking myself out of it as, as it comes out of my mouth. But, I mean, this regime has shown in the past it was a much different quarterback room even a year ago. But they're not afraid to hold three quarterbacks on a roster. Now the question is, how comfortable are they with Allen and Barkley versus Allen, Barley, Barkley, Tyree Jackson, Allen, Barkley, insert quarterback here that gets cut on Saturday. Now it was brought up on this podcast that there's a question that has to be asked. Has Jackson played himself not only off this roster, but played himself into the possibility that the Bills look for another quarterback as a third stringer on the roster so that they don't have the same situation as last year? That's going to depend on this game. If you could show command for a full game, a full four quarters, the Bills probably don't go out and sign a different quarterback. But if he struggles again, we're having a different conversation about the quarterback room. The third quarterback will not be Tyree Jackson. It will be someone else. And this starts for him tonight. Like, this is the most important game for him in his entire life. And it's a preseason game that does not mean anything in the win-loss column. It's kind of funny, too, that it comes on the eve of, well, the day of, actually, I should say, UB Bulls. Starting their season. opener as well. They take on Robert Morris. And I saw a tweet from someone that, uh, from one of the guys from Trainwreck Sports, and it's, uh, it was Ty B. He said, uh, who's the person that uh, scheduled a Bills preseason game at home, a Bisons game at home, the last Bisons game at home, and the start of the UB football season at home? Who put all this on the same day? Because we cannot be in three places at once. And me, I'm sitting here silently going, it's a good thing I'm sitting here in this radio station, huh? Where we cover all three of these games tonight on the, uh, on the three stations. Hmm. That's uh, it's awfully convenient for me, actually. That said, man, that's a lot of stuff. There's a lot to a lot to digest tonight. You got Jackson anywhere field. You've got the Bisons making that last ditch effort, final week of the season playoff. Push. And it's, it's the last home game. Of, kind of fading a bit. They still have, they're still alive. They take on the division leader for the final set of the season. Win tonight, you have a chance at going aggressive here because all of those games are like you got to take them down. It's been made interesting, though, the IL North playoff push because Syracuse has been just as white hot as well. And they put themselves in the mix as well as Buffalo as they chase down Scranton, Wilkesbury potentially. But uh, and they've, then got, also yeah, in, they've got Scranton for what is it, their last four? I believe so. It's either three or four games that I think you're right. And, you're, and that's huge. On you, their need, turf. you need Syracuse to trip up. But then you've got to take the you've got to take that series. And then UB football. I was reading a story from our John Simon today about their home opener. Like again, plenty of things to digest. They're going to be starting a redshirt freshman, a quarterback, and a and a local kid for the first time in twenty seven seasons. This will be season number twenty eight. Nineteen ninety one was the last time a rookie quarterback started the home opener. Matt Myers. He's a Western New York native. Per head coach Lance Leipold will be under center tonight against Robert Morris for those schools' first meetings. Yes, and 
again, this is a local kid that has played high school in this area. And he now gets a shot to start as a freshman opening up. I expect they'll be very reliant on their running game. They will be. Tonight, because it's A, life after Anthony Johnson with the receiving core. KJ Osborne, KJ Osborne has moved yeah. on to Miami. And uh, they're going to, I think, you know, I'll be there for the game tonight. I believe you're going to hear a lot of Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks on ESPN 1520 tonight. You got the reigning Mac freshman of the year and Jarrett Patterson. Those guys were a beautiful tandem last year. And um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of question marks, you know. There already was question marks last year because Anthony Johnson's injuries not only kind of derailed the end of his season and a playoff, what was a playoff game for UB last year, but it also kind of hurt his draft status because he was a very intriguing prospect. Yeah. And then and it ended up just falling completely apart on the board. There was talks going into last season that, from what I can recall, he was a fringe first and second round talent after the 2017 season he put forth. And then, yeah, you know, just a victim of circumstance, just not being able to remain 100% healthy for those eyeballs in the seats to see what he really could have become last year, and it was it kind of affected his future. But nonetheless, that's a talent that's not on this team anymore. So there's a lot of intrigue all around Western New York tonight. Whether, you're, whether your fanny is in the seat of a ballpark, Orchard Park, UB Stadium, listening on the radio, there's – Tons to absorb. Three tonight. different areas of the Buffalo yeah. region. The South Towns in Orchard Park, the North Towns with UB, and in the city downtown with the Bisons. Like, seriously, all that's missing is a Sabres preseason or, or the, uh, the Prospect Challenge. The Prospect okay. Challenge. Yeah, that's, we, all, that's, we the only, from that. yeah. that's the only thing missing is that the Prospect Challenge playing a game tonight. Like, literally, that's it. Yep. Then everyone's just like, what? Like, the people here would be like, what do we do? How many eyes do I have and how many ways can they move? How many ears? Which game I... gets cut from the roster? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would have been interesting. But uh, to have to have a quad factor there, that would have been pretty funny. But all right, we move on. And I've got a ridiculous way I want to end this podcast here. Okay, nothing different. Like you know, there's Sabres news, but uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Let's touch on that real quick. The Matt Hunwick one. Sure. This sounds awfully convenient, doesn't it? A little bit, I would say so. Like, this sounds like Robita Island. The guy who probably wouldn't touch your roster with how deep our defensive core is. The largest cap hit of the guarantees that wouldn't play in Buffalo this year suddenly has an issue where he won't play hockey again. That already cost him, like, 95% of last year anyway. I mean, I hope that it's... I hope Matt Hunnick's okay. Oh, as do I. And I don't want to say that I hope this is legit, but it sounds so shady. Final year of a contract. Awfully convenient, isn't it? Right. Like I said, I'm not going to doubt it, though. I want Matt Hunnick to be okay, healthy, and, you know, like the Andrew Luck conversation, be able to live his life after hockey if this is truly the end for him. How bad would it look on the organization, though, if Hunwick gets cleared by a different medical staff? Buffalo also announced their home themed nights for the upcoming season. I'm for it. I guess you can count 10. I listed nine and didn't really count the home opener. The home opener. The home opener is an event in itself. Right. Wondering which one. I mean, I would count it as an event, though. 
I'm wondering which one you're intrigued by the most. Okay. November 2nd, we have 70s Night versus the Islanders. Okay. That's probably not going to be for me. December 2nd, Founders Night versus the Devils. Founders Night, as in like, you know, Seymour Knox and company, right? I think so. Yeah. December 12th, Odd Night versus Nashville. Okay. Oh, against Nashville, though? Yeah, there were some interesting opponents. Uh, like, I would have gone, I I gone with a team that played at the odd, like like a Boston or like maybe maybe even the Carolina franchise because they're prone to bring out those Whalers jerseys. I'm wondering, too, if that unofficially replaced 80s night because there's no official. There is no 80s night. Right. A little questioning. Uh, January 4th, kicking in the new year with 90s night versus Florida. Okay. That's another odd opponent. I mean, yeah, Florida did exist in the 90s, but they were new. They had a cup or went to the cup. They had a cup run. Dude, I was just watching. I happened to find myself on YouTube a couple nights ago, and I was watching a weird NHL video. They threw it back to the 90s. Yeah. Dude. I knew a little bit about the rats that got oh, thrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They threw a lot of those things. But they littered the ice with those. Every goal? Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, my God. Could you imagine these days? Oh, my goodness gracious. I would have lost my mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get back on track quick here. We're closing around an hour. January 11th, 70s expansion versus Vancouver. That makes sense. That is very legitimate. I wonder what kind of jerseys Vancouver will wear for that. I hope it's the really cool yeah. black, orange, and uh Yes, because the Sabres would be wearing their whites. Yeah. These golds. That would be pretty cool. Uh, February 13th, right before the Day of Love, 2000s night versus the Blue Jackets. We do love Columbus. They got us uh, the securing of Jack Eichel. <laughs> Hopefully Rick Nash is in attendance for some odd reason. Cam Atkinson will be there. Yeah, that he will. <laughs> March 13th, 2010s night versus Boston. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Carry on. March 21st, the best of night versus the Blackhawks. Okay. April 4th, rounds it out. Fan appreciation versus the Flyers. Hmm. That's a good opponent. There's history there. I'll be there. Really? Oh, yeah. No way. <laughs> huh. I'm also going to uh, try and be in attendance for the home opener. Been to the last two, and I'd love to see Wayne Simmons in a Devils uniform, Devils sweater. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be fun. It'd be the third time here in Buffalo that I've seen Simmer in three different jerseys. Well, why? Yeah, because of the Nashville trade. So, yeah, that is the home-themed nights. What do you think piques your interest out of that? 70 expansion sounds I'd cool. say 90s or 2000s, probably the best for me. Yeah. Um no doubt they'll probably warm up with the with a goat head sweater for two thousands night. Makes sense. And then auction those off and that'd be pretty cool to see like, you know, like in the warm ups you got a Jack Eichel black Oh, the, black the sweater suit. that everyone's been yearning for. Yeah, like that would be pretty like that that's gonna make some <laughs> that's gonna make some money for a good cause. Oh yeah. Like that's like if they warm up with those sweaters which a lot of people speculate might be the case. Whew. Whew. That's money making right there. Like they'll like 70s night for example, they would warm up with some royal blues or something like that. Like 
They've got options to really put some money in a good cause. Make it happen, Sabres. I mean, they, they, they're starting to not let me down in that aspect, which is good. Now just get good at the hockey thing. Or stay good at the yeah, hockey thing. Yeah, just get good at playing hockey. That's all we ask. Stay, stay, now just stay good at the hockey thing, I guess I should say, because they started pretty good last year. I would say for me, that 2010s one is kind of interesting. In the last decade, what the <laughs> hell has gone well for this team that you dedicated a night for it? Especially against a team that was in, what, three cups in the 2010s? What was it again? Boston. Oh, God, yeah. 2011 Vancouver, losing in 13 to Chicago, Chicago. and then obviously last year against St. Louis. Yeah, that... I think 2010s is supposed to be more to properly commemorate um, the likes of players like Ryan Miller. Though he started in the 05-06 season. I think they're trying to properly... Like they're trying to shuffle him down so that you can have for the 2000s era a different set of players to focus on, I guess. I don't know. I'm speculating. Is there any former Sabres from the 2010s that currently find themselves in Boston? I can't think of any. I can't I'm think of any. I'm trying to think of any honorees that will be in the arena from the opposing team, but I don't think so. Danny Pye had a stretch with Boston. That's the best stretch I can get you. Yeah, so probably not. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, I'm, I'm intrigued about the theme nights there. But uh, personally for me, I'm thinking that the 90s one might be the favorite, especially if they come out in a black or a white goat head sabers warm-up uni. That'd be a pretty cool scene. Well, the stage is set. We'll see how they pan out. Definitely exciting. Yeah, like these nights, they're all going to, like that first night, that first theme night outside of opening night is really going to set the tone for everything. The expectations for the other nights. No pressure. Right. Like if there's giveaways and they're certain themed based on the era appropriate, like that 90s night's going to become a huge hit. Without a doubt. And then with 2000s and 2010 era, there's going to be a lot of slug for that one, isn't there? I would imagine so. Like, they might try to go ahead and milk the goat head thing again with the 2000s, but 2010s, like, that might be the slug? Or is that going to be the current I wonder, logo? too, if for Odd Night, they use Milt Ellis. Like a recording. Yeah. There's a lot of questions here. There a is. lot of speculation. Another can of worms we're opening. Another right can now. of worms that for another we, time. We don't need to be opening right now. All right, Kyle. You know what's going on this weekend? If you don't, I can answer it for you. Okay. It's the Wing Fest down at the ballpark. Oh. Which is why the Bisons have their final home game tonight, as a matter of fact. Because Friday, Saturday, Sunday is Wing Fest at the ballpark. It is one of my personal favorite events every year. I love going to it. And there are three things that I always try to do. Would you call yourself a connoisseur? No. No? I would call myself a fan of wings. 
Because there's certain things that I'm just not going to try because I'm not going to like it. I kind of sort would do it anyway. That's a fair point. Whereas I'm just a fan. I like to go. I like to try some things that sound intriguing. But, I'm, I'm, for example, I'm not a huge barbecue guy. Really? Nope. Hmm. Yeah. Just, I'm not that. I, I don't like barbecue. I'm not a fan. Um, I, I'm, I'm a very weird person. That's something that has been long established. And barbecue for me is just a, it's, it's not a, it's not a go-to for me. I don't like it. But I do three things. I try to find the most unique wing and try it. Oftentimes, because my palate is so picky, like a child, it doesn't go well. Two is to try to find the best and delicious wing. Um, but then three, at the end of it all, we find the hottest wing. And I have to eat it. I say the words have to. Right. I remember from Sabre season, you're not a you're not a fan of the hot stuff. I like the taste of the hot wings. You just enjoy My body cannot handle it. So yes, at the end of my day, I get on the struggle bus. Pretty much for tradition's sake at this point. So you're not so much a connoisseur, you're just you're just a man who is a glutton for punishment. I mean I'm a Bills and Sabres fan. Okay, so that answers itself. But the first two things are not a glutton for punishment. Like I, I like going and trying different. No, absolutely. Places you just and different put yourself ways. through. The last rigorous. part, the last part is pretty much a tradition and glutton for, for punishment. Hmm. And then I make a game. Like there was one year we determined a fantasy football draft order with this. There was a wing called Ghostface Killer. No pressure. You know, yeah, no pressure. Like the name. Better deliver on the spiciness on it. And yes, they used to ghost pepper. And um, I I did not get the first pick. <laughs> a man was but changed that day. We uh, There are 10 of us huddled around a garbage can. And I did not get the first overall pick. Matter of fact, now that we're talking about this sort of thing, the third member of our podcast team is actually done for the day. And I do want to get Frank's input on some wing fest because he and I are planning on going this weekend. And Frank, what are your, what are Frank R. Curie's go-tos for wing fest? Um, totally on the spot. Don't, by the way. yeah. Don't be afraid to try a wing that you usually don't wing. Don't eat. So if you're usually someone who doesn't go with the hot wings, go ahead and try one, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> As like, I, but don't be afraid to go a little unique too. Like yeah, last year, wasn't there a strawberry one? We had, I think we had it was like a place a, from England. Yeah, it was. Like it was a, a strawberry wing. We also had a maple bacon. Maple. Oh, the maple bacon. That one was fantastic. That was awesome. Yeah, the maple bacon wing was elite last year. And like you look at it and you just go, "Yo, that sounds really cool." I'm also super Canadian sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's nothing. But. You end up pleasantly surprised by this sort of thing. But then, I'm, obviously, you'll find some ones that you're not going to enjoy. Like, we had one that was, uh, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like, it was like a white one. Like, maybe it was, it was like almost like a flower based, I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember what that one was, but I remember we didn't really like it that much. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, you're going to find those. Maple but, and bacon, by the way, was almost like a chicken and waffles kind of thing. It did feel that way. Um, but, you know, and don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 always a fun no. time to go to. Like, you're you're yeah. always who's gonna... trying a strawberry wing? Like, yeah, when are you ever gonna have that? When are you gonna ever have? Yeah, exactly. Like, it might be bad, but you better find out. Yeah, find out. You know, <laughs> you never know. You know, you're always gonna have what you're comfortable comfortable with. You know, your miles, your mediums. If you go hot all the time, too, find the find the most delicious medium wing, for example. Like, yeah, find the most delicious sauce. Find out for yourself. Frank last Find year, out how hot you can go. Frank last year stumbled on the hottest wing in the place. The stupid hot. The, it was called stupid hot. It literally was stupid hot. And it hot. was stupid hot. And Kyle's now moving into the uh, into the boardroom here. He's doing stuff. And uh, he's listening to this conversation. He's not partaking in the conversation that I want him to. Now I'm calling you out over the podcast. All right, I'm coming. Just get I'm over. Coming, I can't hear you. So he, get over here. He forgets that we can't hear him. Yeah, we can't hear him. Yeah, and it's okay. So... But like you, yeah, last year you accidentally stumbled on the hottest wing. Yeah, and no regrets on that. Oh no, there were regrets, just not from you. Yeah, not from me. There were regrets. I'm, I'm talking about myself here. Oh yes, but because you found the hottest wing, you then made sure that I had to have it. Yes, and boy did he suffer. Boy did I suffer. Boy did he suffer. But yes, no, like Kyle, he suffered. I don't know what you were hearing from the other room there as you moved over. Everything. A strawberry wing. Who would have thought, right? Who has the idea? Exactly. Some place from, actually, it was from the UK. They flew in for Wingfest. Some of your most unique and good wings are going to come from places you're not going to expect. Like, sounds don't. Like, sounds like Epcot. And you know what? Here's, the Epcot here's, of wings. Here's your, here's your biggest piece <laughs> okay. of advice you're going to get from me in this one. Go. Try the places that aren't from here. You can try wing places that are from here. Anytime. We live here. If I see a long line at the Anchor Bar one, I'm going to go ahead and just shame all of you. You can try it at any time. You can have it at any time. Nothing, And it's nothing against Anchor Bar. Nothing against any local establishment. Buy their wings. Buy them. Support the business locally, for example. Try out the wings that you're not going to be around there for, like places from like a Pennsylvania or a Wyoming comes in. Uh, there's a Wyoming bar, actually, one of Josh Allen's favorite places that he like going to. Yeah, and they're coming. They're coming this they're year. Coming here, yeah. I want to try it. Okay. I'm going to hit it up. See what Josh Allen had. Uh, see what he liked. You know, see what they've got. They've got to be bringing something if they're coming to Wingfest. When is this occurring? Is this a three day event? All three days. days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hmm. If you like chicken wings, go. I might have to dabble. Dabble. Do it. Do a lot of that. Dabble. Hit the dab. You know. But yeah, no. You you come up with some pretty interesting stuff. Like and again, like last year, the maple bacon was one of the coolest things yeah, I've ever had. There was a you'll couple never years know ago. What you'll find a couple years ago, there was a peanut butter and jelly wing. I'm in on that. Yeah, I'm yeah. in on that. I love peanut butter burgers. You ever had one of those? I might punch you. What do you mean? You just said try something that you can't have all the time. <laughs> peanut butter burger. It was very good. I think I also had a PB and J burger. Somebody took it a step further. In Clarence. I just don't. The gastropub, I believe. Peanut butter and beef. Just I, don't, I don't want to butcher the name of the, the establishment. But I believe the gastropub. 
in the Clarence area had a peanut butter and jelly burger, and I was all over it. <laughs> I love how quickly he pointed out me being a hypocrite, though. 12 out of 10. Yeah, come on. <laughs> you are. Try different things. Peanut butter on a hamburger. I might punch you. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a damn minute. <laughs> Erroneous. <laughs> so if you're going down there, hit that up. I'm probably going Sunday. So if you are a fan of the podcast, look for some jackass screaming about eating some stupid hot wing in an 11-day power play hat. I got to pick 10th now. That was the that was one of the dumbest ideas we've ever had. Uh, our, our group of friends. And that's saying something. Frank's gotten to know a couple of them. Yeah. Ghostface killer. Not a good way to settle a draft order. That said, if you and a bunch of friends are in a fantasy league, find the stupidest hottest wing and see who finishes it first so what did so what did you do did you all have a wing in front of you and the we first all person to drink saved water? one ticket for this wing for the end of our day because it was going to be a day ruiner so what all i'm asking is the qual- like the qualifications was it first person to first person to eat the wing in its entirety in its entirety and no 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 no, no. it was no no excuse me it was that's wrong the la- it was the last person to hold out on running for either water or an ice cream stand, which they have an ice cream stand. They have milk. They have ice cream, a milk product. Okay. Which is very helpful. <laughs> the last person to hold out got the first pick. I was the first one gone. As a matter of fact, the video, I, I hope someone still has it. The video from it back in the day. You hear me scream, ice cream, and run off. So that's my next, you answer my next question. Did you run for the water or did you run for the ice cream? I ran for the ice cream. They took mercy on me. They gave you one for free? That year it was tickets only. I didn't have any more tickets. They took my money. <laughs> You need this way more than we do, guy. <laughs> so they took my money. That was cool. Um, but every year after that, I've made sure that I either have, because now they do either or, like cash or um, tickets. I make sure I have that ready in my pocket on reserve for whatever dumb wing I end up with at the end of the day. And that is your beginner's guide to Wingfest. Frank and I are going to be down there. It sounds like you're going to be down there this weekend. I think I'll have to give it a try. Yeah, give it a try. And if you're listening and you haven't given it a try, give it a try. This has been the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank Curry, and Kyle Powell. Yeah, it started with two and it ended with three. Just as chaotic as the three of us are supposed to be. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.